live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hey, how are you? I'm your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, Jamie Rodriguez, music journalist, ex-radio host, and professional juggler. Just kidding. I'm not a juggler. I can't juggle. But that's it. That's my story. Thank you for tuning in. Why don't we stop the gibberish and get started on some spectacular music, right? And guys, today's guest, oh man, super stoked to introduce you to Lauren Morrow, guys. One of the most respected, rocking music personalities in Nashville, Tennessee, guys. Everybody from Rolling Stone, Saving Country Music, Garden and Gun has raved about her, you know, critically, and it's for a reason. She is a complete badass, if I may say so myself. She used to be in Whiskey Gentry, um, a, a Georgia musical group, the crown jewel of it, if you will. And now she is focused on her solo project, uh, along with uh, her husband and music collaborator Jason, Jason Morrow. And man, she's got a Georgia drawl. She has got like a perfect attitude of zazz and great talent and just it's unbelievable guys and um and yeah you might know her also she's toured with three dog night with butch walker uh she's played on festivals like shaking knees Merlefest, bristol rhythm and roots to name just a few and she's been in nashville since 2017 full time she used to be you know in georgia in atlanta uh, but they have a great story they quit their jobs and they just kind of like settled in here and they've been kicking butt since her first EP was released in 2018, and it was so good, guys. Like, like the stories of them are like a Garcia Marquez novel. It's unbelievable. My favorite being Vicky Lynn, and she is working on releasing her second album soon. So stay tuned for that. If you want more information on the awesome sauce that is Lauren Morrow, check out laurenmorrow.com. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome. My name is Jamie, and... We do ask for 30 seconds of your time uh, to just head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to right now and just give us a quick review. Helps us a ton. So let's get to it. Lauren Morrow on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Oh my God, you're so tropical. Look at all those colors. Look at all that tie-dye. Lauren Morrow. That's so, where are you right now? Um, I'm in 30A. Um, it's on the panhandle of Florida. Um, so yeah, we came down here with uh, the, our, our friend Parker Kaysen, who's producing my new record, um, and his family and a couple other friends. So um, it's nice. I love I'm it. already sunburned and I've only been here for uh, 24 hours. You have a great tan. I mean, I just saw you perform like three <laughs> days ago and like you're already like a great shade of, of tan. It's great. It's wonderful. Oh, thanks. Of for course. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Lauren, you're one of the most admired voices in, in, and people in Nashville. I have to tell you, just from Georgia, previously, obviously, from Whiskey Gentry to introduce you to my audience. And now you mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you're, you're doing your own thing along with your cool husband, Jason. And uh, yeah, you're working on your follow-up, your 
self-titled EP came out like three years ago, so uh, which is great. So, but before we get any further, Lauren, I should ask you how was mm -hmm. Las how was Las Vegas? Because you just came back from a trip that looked so fun to Las Vegas. How was it? <laughs> um, it was interesting. It was my first time in Las Vegas, and Jason, my husband, goes like pretty much like once a year, and he goes with like a bunch of friends. He loves to gamble, and um, he's really good at blackjack. And like gambling kind of stresses me out, but because I just feel like it's just money that's just like flying into the wind. Um, but I got actually like, I kind of got obsessed with playing slot machines. Um, and I won like $600 on a slot machine and Jason won like a, a bunch of money playing blackjack. So like we did good. I mean, we spent a lot of money. Like it, Ultimately, I feel like it all goes back into the casino somehow anyway, um, but it was, it was really fun. There's some things that I would do differently, like um, the only time I went down to the strip, because we were on Fremont Street, like um, where they filmed the Where the Streets Have No Name video, like you and I were talking about, um, and they have, you know, I didn't go down to like the strip. Really, I didn't go to Cosmopolitan and Bellagio and stuff like that. But we did see like Penn and Teller. We went to like a Penn and Teller show and that was nice. fun to like go to Vegas show. Um, but yeah, it was, it's Vegas. Like I came back and slept for two days, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, but it was, it was fun. I would go back, just maybe not like many times soon. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, I loved it when you when you put the post in the um with you to film the video and you know, yeah. listeners know that like I'm pretty much the only band that I like. I'm still like a fanboy about is you two. So when you said that you were a YouTube fan, I'm like, man, this girl, I love Lauren Morrow now. If more, if that's even possible. Oh my god, what's your I favorite YouTube record? So my desert island record of all time is Octung Baby. Yes. Um, yeah. So like it's. Um, I've seen them. So my first like arena show. Okay. So let me back up. When, when Austin baby came out, my brother's eight years older than me. And my mom took him and his best friend to go see the zoo TV tour in Atlanta. And I was eight years old. And I have this vivid memory of being on the couch and or on the, um, not on the couch in the hallway. And I was like freaking out and I was begging her to take me. She was like, you're too young. You don't even know that you like them. And I was like, I love them. And so then I told her, I was like, well, when they come back, I'm going to go see them. And so um, the, when they came back was the Pop Mart tour and right. my brother and his best friend, it was so sweet. They took me, I was like 12 so cool, and we so were cool. on the floor at first, like big arena show that I've ever been to, you know, and it yes. just blew my mind. Um, wow. But yeah, I, I mean, I just saw them two years, no, three years ago. And I actually was on the floor. Jason bought me tickets and I was five feet away from Bono and, yeah, the, and yeah. Adam Clayton and all of them. And I was just like a screaming, like yes. a girl. Like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I know they got, they, they still got it. I love it. <laughs> I know. I know. And I get like, you know, I feel like I get a lot of shit from people. Well, I did, especially like growing up, you know, everyone's into like, Backstreet Boys are in sync and I was like have you guys listened to pop you know whatever yeah. and, you know and whatever I'm I, cool. I think that if you don't appreciate it that's fine you don't have to but I do yeah you know but then something's wrong with you but that's just me anyway Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. oh my god Lauren. well that's awesome I mean look so yeah. you grew up in Georgia you're this great musical soul I mean you know you're um 
your mom grew up like with Wet Willie, Leonard Skinner. You had music all around you. But I want to ask you about your trip to England, because I think this was a really pivotal chapter for your development as an artist. Uh, when yeah. did you go to England? How long were you there? And like, just how do you remember this chapter for Lauren Morrow? Um, so I went to go, so when I was growing up too, I was a total Anglophile. I mean, and obviously I those like influences from U2 and then my other favorite band is like Oasis I was very interested in it and then when I got to college I got the opportunity for a year in Newcastle which is like in very northern England um and it was a year-long study abroad program I was studying English and I um had you know all these like songs but I never performed in front of people because I was always like so nervous and there was something about being over there and not knowing anyone that made me feel more comfortable. Like, I, I don't, I can't really explain it. I was just kind of like a different person and sure. nobody knew me prior to that. And so I played my first show over there just as like a solo artist and, um, you know, uh, played some very terrible songs that I had written when I was you know, <laughs> 18. Um, and yeah, and it like, but it was incredible and it gave me the confidence and, and then made me want to like start a band. And so as soon as I so did, cool. I started it when I got home, um, with some friends in Georgia, but, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's still one of the greatest years of my life and I can't wait to go back and tour and, yeah. you know, actually. But, you but know. that makes sense. That makes sense, Lauren. Cause you have like, you have like a cool, that is like a European shade of cool, like a BBC London cool oh, that's you have your own that's thing the so, best compliment so, i've ever gotten in my life <laughs> you have like southern alt rock and then now i get it and now you have a little bit of like english like the smiths okay. and like i can't that's i'm i got it i, I got it. you Lauren. Thank i love you. it it's true well, it's true thanks yeah. so i you know your move to nashville was also pretty interesting just in research because obviously you know you you're you're a georgia girl and i know you and jason you know you still go there often big brave fans mm -hmm. like georgia you guys are peach you know peach state people like georgia mm -hmm. but you kind of moved to nashville late in the game mm -hmm. so i mean you've talked about this before but that night in june 2017 or july 2017 when mm -hmm. you had that john you came to nashville you did a john prine event yeah, and there, and there was this big community of people. Tell us a little bit about that breakthrough moment where you looked at Jason and you're like, this is it. Yeah. So um, one of my best friends, her name's Eileen. She works for Oh Boy Records, which is, um, you know, John Prine's record label. And um, Eileen and I have been friends since we were 17. She was one of the very few people who, when I was growing up, before I went to England, would actually like let her listen to my music and stuff. And so she's been on this journey with me for a really long time. And I would call her, you know, during whiskey gentry days and I'd be like crying and I'd be like, I don't get it. Like we're doing all the things. And she was like, you need to move to Nashville. And I was very like, no, I don't, you know, it's like people come out of Georgia all the time. And it's, and it was, it wasn't until really like that night that I saw like the community that we lacked in Atlanta. Um, and it was just so nice. You know, I kind of thought we would be the odd man out being from Georgia, everyone else, you know, lived in Nashville or, you know, had been there for a really long time. And we came in and we played that show and everyone was like, wait, you don't live here. Why don't you live here? And just kind, you know, and just in, so within, we, we own a home in Georgia and within a month and a half, we put it up for rent and we moved. 
And it was just like kind of Jason too, you know, I had wanted to move to Nashville when I was in my twenties, but then we, we met when I was 22 and got married and, you know, and it was that night too, that I think really like made him go like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and we also knew that whiskey gentry had like run its course and we were kind of like, what are we going to do now? You know, like what's the next plan? And he had been toying, you know, he was like, you should do a solo thing. And I was like, I I don't feel comfortable. And, you know, and yeah. And now he's created a monster. It's amazing. It's amazing what being here physically, like how it changes things. Um, You know, it's happened a little bit to me. I've I've been here. I'm kind of new and like just being here has like completely like blown the doors open. It's pretty insane. But yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it just, Mm -hmm. it's just a different community. I, I can't really stress it enough just how like we have felt so welcomed you know yeah yeah i mean a a show like the one you had on saturday for example you had that uh that amazing show at basement east Uh, you know it's Mm -hmm. like you you can just you know go get tickets and just be in awe of you and and of the talent around you it was you can just do things like this but yeah absolutely absolutely lauren i I do want to ask you about about jason here for a second you know there's a rich Mm -hmm. musical history of husband and wife duos you know you have pat Mm -hmm. benatar neil giraldo uh, paul and linda mccartney tim mcgron faith hill here Mm -hmm. you know uh, a bunch of people is it hard being in a band with your spouse lauren and i can tell you this as a divorced man like obviously i didn't learn my it was hard (laughs) enough just keeping shit like in order so i can't imagine wearing another hat you know in the same box yeah um you know we have always i think um done well together it's it's the really the kind of the tie that binds us i think you know that like we have music and i'll tell you honestly like the the most difficult part was going through covid and not really having you know being kind of bored and not having direction in music I mean it's been the one thing ever since like he came to see my first band play in Atlanta and he was like you're really great um your band kind of sucks do you want to start a band with me and I was like you're an asshole like no I would never you know and then of course like you know the rest is history but um yeah, when we had a lot of touring with Whiskey Gentry in the early days, I mean, it was still the early days of our marriage. And so it was very rocky. And we put our bandmates through a lot of very awkward van fights and just really horrible stuff. But then we just started to grow up and be like, okay, we can't do that anymore, you know? And I think we've gotten better at like, you know, um, recognizing that like when we're in the van and we're around people, like that should be more of like, us yeah is running a business and not like bring people into our marriage and but yeah I mean it, it's it's difficult sometimes but like really I, I feel like we do better together in that aspect than even just making like macaroni and cheese together like we could argue over <laughs> that like, but right. like, you know, but like being in a band and writing and, and doing that together it just feels it feels natural yeah. I love it. I love it, Lauren. All right. Yeah. Let's, you're being so nice with your time, but I got to ask you about a couple oh, of songs. Yeah. Vicky yeah, yeah. Lynn on Saturday. I mean, I, I like you were in it. Okay. But like you could yeah. hear pin drops, people were crying. It was oh. the most amazing thing. Yeah. And you know, but, but yeah, it was a beautiful song. It's a, it's a tribute to your mother. Everyone should immediately hear it. Did you, it got me thinking, were you like, uh, did you give your mom a lot of headaches? Like, were you like, you know, in your teenage years or, or were like normal? 
No, my mom gave me more headaches than I gave. (laughs) I can tell you that much. Um, She like, yeah, I mean, I was just a really like, you know, I kind of like every, I think, teenage girl. I mean, I had, you know, attitude problems when I was like a teenager, but um, I was a very like good kid. I didn't raise hell. I made good grades. I hung out at bookstores and like played guitar and, you know, like there was didn't like do any drugs or drink. I mean, it was, you know, it's like, I was a pretty normal, you know, like kid, but my mom, you know, she just has like a kind of rock and roll party soul. And, you know, and she, and my dad got divorced in 99 when I was 15. And um, she was, uh, I don't know, early, mid thirties, you know, or no, that's not right. Mid forties. And she just kind of went wild for a minute she was back on the dating scene she looked great and I'd be like mom where are you out to like three <laughs> in the morning you know and um yeah so oh she, my God. she can attest to that too she I think now that she's older feels a little guilty about you know putting me through a lot of that in high school but whatever love it Vicky Lynn <laughs> musical legend Vicky Lynn all right mess around <laughs> let me ask you about mess around Lauren also an epic yeah. song epic song and Jason's playing it is nothing short of extraordinary as well in that one mm-hmm. um but of course you know it's about a friend you know who you thought was a friend and maybe ended up kind mm-hmm. of like not growing together so I wanted to ask you Lauren I know you're a deep person I know you like think big and you, you go deep why do you think Lauren that what's the core reason that as people grow like you've grown and become better mm-hmm. versions of themselves, it's harder to maintain sometimes old relationships. Um, I actually was just having this conversation with um, a friend who's down here at the beach last night because, you know, especially to like moving to Nashville in my early thirties and recreating a lot of friendships there. I took some lessons from previous friendships in Georgia and was like, well, that's something that I'm just not going to put up with like you kind of just have different boundaries I guess when you get older and you don't have time to like deal with you know if something doesn't feel right to me basically kind of immediately then I'm just like "Eh, I don't you know I'm not going to be rude to that person but maybe that's not someone I want in you know invested in my life I guess um and you know and that that it's and it's also it's harder sometimes to learn those lessons from girlfriends when you are older too because you're like wait I thought we were supposed to be beyond this but sometimes shitty people are just shitty people so it doesn't matter how old you are you know (laughs) so (laughs) I dig that I dig that answer yeah I mean boundaries absolutely that comes with what with with age for sure all right Lauren last question we we hear you're a big Harry Potter fan right yeah you were. What, what, what's what's the best book? What's the best Harry Potter book and why? Um, okay, so my favorite Harry Potter book is Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Um, well, is that is that one of the last ones? Is that like one of the two last that ones? It's the fifth one. Um, okay. Prisoner of Azkaban is the third one, and that one's really good. But my favorite character is Sirius Black, and yeah, he has a lot in the fifth book, and you know, there's a lot um, that's revolves around him and then also like you know a lot that happens at the end which I won't spoil for anybody who hasn't seen Harry Potter but yeah I mean it's, <laughs> it's great and you know and that you know I've been down to Orlando I've got like two wands at my house I mean it's yeah. just really bad but it's like it's also really fun <laughs> yeah yeah the muggle beer the Lauren Morrow 
Butterbeer. Oh my God, the Butterbeer. The Lauren Morrow Butterbeer. That can be spiked. I'm sure you've done it. Anyway. It can be, yeah. <laughs> you can make it with like butternut schnapps or something like that, but now that I've tried. Um. Oh my God, Lauren. Well, listen, you've <laughs> yeah. said it all. You know, um, you're in the tropics, rocking it. Keep rocking it. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thank you. So nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. You too. Bye, Lauren. Bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.